Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. And hey, it's Los, back in better than ever. Sorry about that. Had a few major business things come up. Uh, very, very busy time for me. I'm sorry, but I'm back. I'm better than ever. Cough's gone. We're going to be rolling now. What do you think, Mung? Yeah, I think Los was just uh, holding out a couple weeks to try and get a better contract for next year. but uh, we, It didn't we, uh, work. They were about to drop me. No, we did not uh, cave into his demands at all. <laughs> so here I am, back, uh, tail between my legs. Hopefully your tail is not between your legs as we head into this next week of the uh, fantasy football playoffs. How are your teams doing, Mung? Yeah, I, um, I'm probably going to be the number one seed in our league, uh, and actually yep. I'm beating you right now this week. You need, you need eight points from Chris Boswell to make the playoffs, I believe. Yep, I am uh, in the playoffs in all except our league, but I'm it's our dynasty. I'm rebuilding. It's not a big deal. I I was expecting I wasn't expecting to be anywhere near the playoffs heading into the season. Yeah, and you know how we always talk about every week, you know, take it week to week. You never know what's going to happen and there's a there's an outside chance that I might make the playoffs in one league uh despite terrible luck and sitting at a 6 and 7 record. So again, uh you know, it ain't over till it's over. That's right. That that reminds me of those AFC West years in the uh, in the late uh, 2000s, early 2020 uh, 20, uh, teens when those or sorry, NFC West teams when they would limp in with under 500 records. Yeah, those were uh, rough games to watch sometimes, but <laughs> we, we endured. That's right. Always endure. All right. Bring us into this week, Monk. Yeah, and uh, for this week's Gillette Close Shave, uh, it was Jimmy Garoppolo's first start as a San Francisco 49er against the Chicago Bears. But an overlooked story was kicker Robbie Gold's return to Chicago, facing his former team following his release from the Bears after the 2015 season. The Niners trailed for most of this game and failed to score a single touchdown, but Robbie Gold made all five of his field goal attempts, including the game-winning 24 excuse me, 24-yard field goal with four seconds left in the fourth quarter. Get your close shave like Robbie Gold with Gillette, the best a man can get. Same great blades, now for less. Pricing applies to select products and is at the sole discretion of the retailer. How was that game, Mung? Uh, watching uh, the, the Illinois kid starting in his first NFL start, Robbie Gold coming in, beating the Bears, the Bears being completely terrible. Uh, was, it, was it fun at least? Yeah, it was actually a, a really great game to watch live. Uh, you know, can't complain. It was 55 and sunny in December in Chicago. And uh, funny story, I actually got to meet Jimmy Garoppolo's godfather uh, at the tailgate beforehand. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he was saying how uh, how Tom Grady's a great, uh, a great teacher, and uh, he was excited to see Jimmy, as were we all. Wow, rubbing elbows with big shots in Shy City, Mung. Look at you, moving <laughs> on up in the world. I don't know if I would quite call it that, but uh, you know, maybe one day if uh, if everybody listens to our fantasy advice and, and does well, we'll see. That's right. Subscribe. Come on. Anyways, let's bring us to, uh, bring on into the uh, game recaps, previews, whatever you want to call them. Uh, this upcoming week, we're going to kick off Thursday Night Football with the Saints going into Atlanta. Uh, to face the Falcons in their quest of continuing to uh, lead the NFC South. Now, this week against Carolina, Drew Brees had another uh, borderline QB1 performance because these running backs are just doing so well. Uh, I don't see any reason for Atlanta to stop the running game here again. Drew Brees will slide in again as a uh, low-end quarterback one for me, but he can always have those weeks where he goes off, throws four touchdowns, and especially in the playoffs, that could win you your week right there just like that. 
Mark Ingram, 14 carries, 85 yards, and a touchdown here. Tack on six catches for 37. El Camara, nine carries, 60 yards, two touchdowns, five catches for 66. Both quarterback ones, or both running back ones here versus Atlanta, and guys that you're really, really happy to have on your team. Uh, as for the wide receivers, Mike Thomas, you know, he's still a wide receiver one to me. 70 yards, touchdown, five catches here on nine targets. But the other guys, as long as these running backs are still as dominant, I, I'm shying away from most of them. Maybe Ted Ginn if you're desperate, but but I can't put anybody else in. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny to me how you said New Orleans going into Atlanta because I think that'll be a fitting metaphor for how this game's going to go if you catch my drift. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, fantasy-wise, I don't have a whole lot to add to what you said. I think Drew Brees, I mean, he's in that low-end QB1 tier just because the upside hasn't been there. Like you said, the run game's really strong and their defense has been playing well. And it sounds like Marshawn Lattimore, their rookie quarter cornerback, excuse me, uh, was close to playing last week, and he should be able to suit up this week, which would certainly help their defense a lot. Um, and as you said, with the with the wide receivers, you're starting Michael Thomas, and I agree that the targets are being split up a lot between the other three guys, but you know, if I had to pick one, it would still be Ted Ginn as that upside wide receiver foreplay over Snead or Coleman for sure. Sure. Uh, Atlanta and New Orleans have essentially flipped the way I view them this year. Last year, we loved Devontae Freeman, loved Tevin Coleman as uh, as running back one, running back uh, two slash threes. But th this year, just the way this offense is running, uh, Devontae Freeman, he's really a low-end running back one, maybe high-end running back two. Just 74 yards and 12 carries this last game. Tevin Coleman cutting in. It, it's good that they're getting consistent work, but this offense just isn't putting up the points, especially this past week against Minnesota. Now, New Orleans defense, they've been better. They're not scary. Um, I'd still probably start Devontae Freeman, but I might look elsewhere than De Tevin Coleman. Matt Ryan, a low-end uh, quarterback, won this week. Um, Julio Jones, you know, came back to earth versus Minnesota, as a lot of people do. Two catches, 24 yards, but you're not putting him on your bench, of course. Most of who I still like as a flex. Definitely like him more than Tevin Coleman this week. Yeah, um, I don't even have Matt Ryan as a QB1. He's been a high-end QB2 for me uh, for a while yeah. now. Um, I just don't know that the upside's there. And as you said, Freeman, uh, he, I still have him as a high-end RB2. He just, he's getting good work, and he's still running well. It's just that the offense in general isn't affording him many scoring opportunities. Um, Coleman, I think he'll still be an okay flex play. He's very involved in that passing game. Uh, should have a decent floor in PPR. And then really, I think it's going to make uh, a tough decision for Julio Jones owners. I mean, I, I don't think you're benching him. You'd have to have some really good options. Or if you're only starting two wide receivers in a standard league, maybe. But, I mean, I'd imagine he's still high in wide receiver two in my rankings. And, and you know, it really depends on your options. I, I wouldn't say bench Julio ever. But, it, again, it all depends. I'm I'm also, as we have talked about before, not one of those, you know, start your studs and forget about it, guys. Um, the matchup here certainly isn't great if Lattimore is able to play. Uh, he's really shut down some top options this year. And then, I mean, honestly, if that's the case, I, I like Muhammad Sanu quite a bit. I think he'll be a high-end wide receiver three with some upside here due to that tough matchup for Julio. Um, he may see a few additional targets. And then Austin Hooper continues to be that inconsistent boomer bust tight end too. Uh, you're kind of rolling the dice there depending on your options at tight end. I think the New Orleans Saints go, come into town and win just like you uh, just like you 
foreshadowed. <laughs> yeah, and, and then real quick on the Saints uh, before we move on to the next game here. Um, I, I will say with Kobe Fleener uh, on IR now with that concussion, uh, I, I don't think he was ever a legit fantasy option, but I think this may free up a few more targets for those wide receivers, and, and their upside goes up at least a little bit. Okay, okay. Uh, Chicago at Cincinnati. <sighs> Chicago, man, you know, heartbreaking loss against the 49ers, 15-14. Trubisky, 12-15 of 15 for 102 yards and a touchdown. There's there's no real fantasy relevance here. It's just as a Chicago fan, just looking at these numbers, man. 13 carries, 38 yards for Jordan Howard, uh, with one catch for a minus five for you. I, I mean, he's he's a running back too, just because he gets the work. Um, but but this Bears team is really sad. The saddest part is that Bears Twitter, Bears Internet is all about Terry Cohen, calling him the Swiss Army knife of the NFL. Now he set a record being the first player since Gale Sayers in 19. 19- uh, 45 to be the first rookie to have touchdowns of receiving, rushing, punt return, kick return, all this stuff. John Fox really needs to figure out what he has here. Uh, thankfully, he was in the game more than Benny Cunningham. He did get some work here. So if you're desperate, it's this playoffs week. Eric Cohen may be a guy that can help you out here, uh, but but he's no better than a desperation flex. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, this Bengals offense right now, as we talk, we're in the second quarter against the Steelers. Uh, they're playing very well, um, shutting them out so far. I, and I don't see the Bears offense doing a whole lot better, especially when they couldn't even get it going at home against the Niners. Um, as you said, the only players really worth <coughs> starting are the running backs and maybe Dontrell Inman. Um, I have Howard even lower than you. I had him as an RB1 last week. I couldn't have been more wrong, but... I, mean, yeah. I really thought, you know, the San Francisco defense, uh, they've really been a pushover for most of the year. Um, and he was terrible. So Howard, just a high in RB3 for me, uh, really low on the road at Cincinnati. Cohen, he's a desperation running back four in PPR. And, and interim, excuse me, Dontrell Inman would be a desperation wide receiver four if you really had to start him. As for Cincinnati, uh... I'm not a big Dalton guy. I don't. I haven't uh, had him higher than a QB two all year. You may you may like to see him here versus Chicago, but Chicago has been playing sort of tough. Joe Mixon though, he's he's dominating the backfield here. This is his this is his team now. Uh, Gio Bernard is all but out of the equation altogether. We of course know Hills on IR. So I actually have Mixon as a low end running back one in, in what should be a low scoring game where Cincinnati should be able to dominate Chicago and keep the ball in their hands. I know that sounds crazy with uh, all I said about him. Uh, coming into this week but <clears throat> well i have more phlegm in my throat than i thought i guess i'm not healthy again uh aj green wide receiver one of course tyler croft is is a borderline borderline uh play for me this week versus chicago chicago is better than people think yeah um i mean i, I think i'm a little bit more op- optimistic on Dalton than you are he's already got almost 10 points here uh, against pittsburgh uh, and he's been really solid the last two three games I think he'll be a decent play as a high-end QB2 here. Um, I'm not quite as high on you as, as in terms of Joe Mixon, uh, but I think he'll be a solid RB2, and uh, I would I would actually agree at least in terms of starting him over Jordan Howard this week. Um, you mentioned AJ Green. Don't have to talk a whole lot about him, of course. And then, yeah, I agree. Tyler Croft should be high-end tight end too uh, with the Bears struggling to cover that position right now. I. Uh, just like it sounds like we're gonna say I, i'm gonna take cincinnati this week unfortunately for another chicago loss uh, yes sir cincinnati as well all right the colts come into uh come into 
Buffalo to face the hapless Buffalo Bills, who are likely without a quarterback yet again. Uh, Jacoby Brissett versus Jacksonville, uh, uh, as expected, had a rough day. Um, he's all—he's always that borderline low-end running uh, quarterback one who has that rushing upside, 36 yards on the ground this week. Frank Gore continued to uh, lead the running back, 16, uh, 13 carries, 61 yards, and no catches this game to Marlon Mack, who is buried on that depth chart. Um, not buried on the depth chart, but, you know, he's not hes not getting the due that he deserves. I think we can all agree here. Um, Buffalo has allowed a ton of rushing yards. Frank Gore may be a solid low-end running back, too, here, but, you know, you never want to be relying too much on Indianapolis and T.Y. Hilton. I, I know he had a touchdown, but he's in a void for me. I like Jack Doyle in this matchup. He's probably going to be the best pass catcher on the Colts this week. I think you're a lot more pessimistic on uh, T.Y. Hilton than I am. You know, I <clears throat> I really didn't like him last week against the Jaguars, but he came through with 50 yards and a touchdown, and I'd expect him to do even better against the Bills, especially if Tredavious White is out with his concussion. Um, I actually have Hilton as a mid-level wide receiver, too, this week. I think he's got some pretty solid upside, and as you said, I like Jack Doyle as well. He'll be a tight end one for me. Um, and I actually think Moncrief has uh, upside as a flex play if you're desperate at wide receiver. And then uh, speaking of Frank Gore, I, I like him as well. I think he's a high-end flex play. Uh, again, the Bills have been giving up so many rushing yards since they traded away Marcel Darius. Um, I, I think this might be a pretty decent game for Frank Gore as well. And, you know, if you're streaming, uh, Brissett should be all right. I really do think this is going to be a relatively high-scoring game on the Colts. With the Bills, uh, I don't know how many points they can put up. With. I mean, LaShawn McCoy is going to have to run and run and then run some more because Nathan Peterman maybe starting the day if Tyrod Taylor can't get back. Luckily, he did not throw an interception in any of his 15 attempts last week, but he only had 50 yards on the day. Uh, that game he did play, though, Zay Jones did have a nice day. He, again, led the team this past week. Granted, he led the team with two catches for 22 yards. If that excites you, great. If it doesn't, find something else. He's a desperation flex. Uh, LaShawn McCoy goes back into top five running back status for me. I, he gets so much work in the running and passing game. There's nothing more to say about him. Uh, Charles Clay, I like him if uh, with Tyrod Taylor, but definitely not with Nate Peterman. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, we'll see about Tyrod Taylor. He's uh, he's questionable with that patellar tendon contusion, uh, but despite those big words sounding pretty serious, it's actually considered pretty minor, so there is a chance that Taylor is ready to go. Um, we'll see. A, a lot's going to ride on that because I, I would have McCoy as a top five running back with Taylor in, but I think he, he drops to a, a low end running back one for me if Peterman starts. I, I think the volume's still going to be there. I just don't know, um, you know how many scoring drives they're going to actually have. Um, and then, yeah, I would probably avoid the Buffalo receivers, but Zay Jones would be the, the flex play of choice. Um, and then obviously his ceiling is much higher as well with Tyrod at the helm. Um, and speaking of, uh, you know, a quick game update here, uh, Joe Mixon down right now, uh, that would certainly impact uh, his ranking for next week when we get there. Um, but, you know, as we just talked about Cincinnati, did you, if Mixon were to mix, miss that game, where would you have Gio Bernard? Uh, Gio would come in as a running back, too, for me. He's shown that he can play reasonably well. He's playing against that not great defense, and he does get work in the passing game. He's the only guy in town, sort of like Kenyon Drake, sort of like, um, well, Alex Collins before Danny Woodhead came back. But, you know, when you're the only show in town and you're an NFL football team, then you're worth a start. 
Okay. And then uh, just one final note on the Bills. If you guys were wondering, Charles Clay was not a top 10 uh, fantasy tight end this past week, as super producer Dan indicated. Oh, Dan, come on. But that's, that's only because of Tyrod Taylor's injury. Uh, that probably had something to do with it, but I don't know that he would have been a top 10 even with hot, Taylor. Spicy hot, four points in the first half, come on. That's true, but so did Travis Kelsey, and then he did nothing for almost the rest of the game. Oh boy, he's in the, Joe Mixon's in the 10, this ain't good. Sorry, um, where are we at? Um, I'll take Indy on the road. Yeah, boy how the, not mighty, but you know, the, Buffalo was a playoff team two weeks ago, and now I'm picking Indianapolis over them. That's the way the NFL goes, folks. Well, I mean, they also went to four Super Bowls in a row, but that, I won't. I won't bring that up. Oh yeah, that uh, yeah, good point. Speaking of another uh, team that is yet to win a Super Bowl, the Minnesota Vikings head into Carolina, and it may change this year. Who knows? Um, Minnesota uh, beat Atlanta, as we talked about earlier today. Uh, Case Keenum quarterback one for me until i was worried i was holding him in as a quarterback too just in case he faltered and they threw teddy bridgewater in there but i i have faith in him they're not going to pull him in the middle of the game at halftime anything like that he'll he'll be a quarterback one value for you here latavius murray and jarek mckinnon are also holding both running back two status for each of them here um latavius murray 76 yards on 16 carries dominating the backfield in touches uh with 21 yards on three catches, while Jarek McKinnon gets five catches, 28 yards, and the touchdown here, as well as 24 yards rushing. So they're both having – you're not upset with either of them. Uh, I, I, again, do like Jarek McKinnon better. That's just the way I lean, especially in a PPR, but I like either option for you. Um, and then what's there left to say about D Diggs and Thielen and Rudolph? You know, they're, they're all – they're all great options for you. Thielen, Thielen and Diggs, high-end wide receiver ones, low-end wide receiver twos, no matter how you want to look at them, you're not leaving them out of your lineup. Kyle Rudolph has been on fire lately. Another touchdown for him. Four catches, 36 yards here. Tight end one for me versus uh, Carolina. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a little bit more variance here fantasy-wise than uh, you have them ranked. And just a quick side note, too, in terms of Super Bowl aspirations, I, th I think there are some other really good teams in uh, the NFC, so I'm not I'm not sure if Minnesota is going to make it there, but uh, they certainly do have a, a pretty solid shot. And if it were to happen, they would be the first team I think to have home field advantage because the Super Bowl would be played in in Minnesota this year. So that would certainly be interesting. Um, but as far as fantasy goes, I think you know Keenum's a solid low end QB one, but. For me, I'd still prefer Latavius Murray to Jarrett McKinnon. Uh, despite the vultured touchdown against Atlanta, I think Murray usually gets more of those opportunities in the red zone. Um, I still have him as a, a low-end RB2 with McKinnon as a flex option. And then Thielen I've a, I've a, as a low-end wide receiver one, but Diggs really hasn't been doing much lately with Rudolph and uh, Thielen there. Um, Diggs remains a mid-level wide receiver three for me. Um, and then Rudolph, he'll still be a low-end tight end one despite a tough tough matchup against Carolina, but I would lower my expectations a little bit there. For the Panthers, well, as, as we talk about every time anybody faces Minnesota, you got to fade your players, of course. They may be hold under, held under 10 points this week. <clears throat> Cam Newton, uh, high-end uh, quarterback two, low-end quarterback one, just because he does maintain that rushing so well. 51 yards on the ground this week on top of the two touchdowns you've, of course, had against the Saints through the air, but the Saints are no Vikings, that's for sure. 
Jonathan Stewart had the touchdown rushing today, but uh, Christian McCaffrey had one receiving. 11 carries, 45 yards, and a touchdown for Stewart. I feel like he should be getting less usage than he is, but, you know, they they just keep at it for, for whatever reasons. McCaffrey's a better runner. He's more dynamic, but, you know, I'm not an NFL coach. Uh, Stewart is a low-end flex option. For low, low. I, he's not a flex option. Do not start him against Minnesota. Let's make this as perfectly clear as we can. <laughs> Christian McCaffrey is a uh, running back, too, here, who should maintain plenty of value because of the catches he gets. Another five receptions for 33 yards and that touchdown on top of his six, only six uh, carries. We like to see more than that, but what can you do? Devin Funches, the top wide receiver, four for 60 and a touchdown. Fade him to a wide receiver, three. I, I'd really look elsewhere. He's a three just because of how, how he's done, but if you've got better options, I, I would certainly look to him. I, I'd have Robbie Anderson or something like that over him if, if available. Um, don't like what's going on with Greg Olson. Can't start him. Definitely cannot uh, cannot gamble with that. Yeah, Olsen, uh, I would think if he were to be active for this game, he'd, he'd be a mid-level tight end too. I think there are better options for sure. But, I mean, he's always got that upside with the chemistry with Cam. Um, but, of course, Minnesota, a difficult opponent. And then Cam Newton, even though he's been playing very well as of late, I don't love him here. Uh, even at home, I, I, just, I have him lower as a mid-to-low-end QB1 this week. Uh, you're starting McCaffrey, of course, as an RB1, and agree with you on that Funchess downgrade. Um, in addition to seeing uh, Xavier Rhodes for most of this game, he's also been playing through a toe injury, so I, I would think that um, his upside is not great here, despite Marvin, Marvin Jones getting the best of Xavier Rhodes on Thanksgiving. And the best he had, just as the best will have the Vikings of the Carolina Panthers. Did that uh, make sense? Was that like an old English saying, or or no? I have no idea what you just said there, but I'll take Minnesota <laughs> also. <laughs> We're going to move the on. Vi- the Vikings are going to win, and you agree, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I, I think this will be a close game. I could see Carolina pulling it out, but I, I, I will think, uh, I would think Minnesota will be favored here. Green Bay at Cleveland on the road in Cleveland. The Packers just coming off a win against the hapless Buccaneers, I don't know what's going on with that team, man. But Brett Hundley put up 84 yards in an interception and still came out with a win. Um, you're avoiding this kid, folks. It's quarterback four. I don't even think there's enough quarterbacks to make that, but, uh, but you know, that's what he is. Jamal Williams, on the other hand, 21 carries, 113 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones getting that, uh, that overtime one carry, 20 yards and a touchdown. Um, I, I wouldn't read too much into Aaron Jones there. J- Jamal Williams. Is a, is a running back too. Ty Montgomery, of course, is out for the season, but I, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't put Aaron Jones in. I, I don't think that I would uh, try anything, getting too fancy, nothing like that, obviously. Uh, Devontae Ad- Adams had another day as the wide receiver one on this team, this time only four of six for 42. No touchdowns here as Hundley threw zero touchdowns. Um, he's, he's a wide receiver two this week. Jordy Nelson is in a void for me yet again, and uh, that, that should about cover the team. Yeah, I think um, Jamal Williams, I agree. I think he'll continue to get the bulk of the work here. Should be a solid RB2 in PPR. And then Aaron Jones, though, I actually think he'll be an okay boomer bust flex play. We've seen that he's got the skills. He's got the explosiveness to really take it to the house anytime he touches the ball. So I would think you know he's a desperation boomer bust type of RB3 or flex play. Um, and then I think Hunley will be okay as a mid-level QB two. Uh, you know we've seen we've seen him doing okay, and, and especially in this matchup, I think he'll be all right. 
I mean, I, I hope if you're in the playoffs, you're not starting Brett Hundley. I'll just tell you, I'll just say that much. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland, uh, you know, Cleveland, man. I say the same thing every week. Start uh, start Duke Johnson, but now that Josh Gordon's there, I don't. I, I think they're really just gonna try and open their Christmas basket or whatever this guy's talking about yet again, and just keep trying to feed Josh Gordon. Eleven targets in his first game back in two years of. It, Sure, his stat line looked great. 85 yards, four, four, uh, four receptions. That's on 11 targets. You don't need to feed this kid just like that. But, but Hugh Jackson might just be wanting to do that. I'm not trusting the Crow. I'm not trusting the Duke. I'm not trusting Josh Gordon. I, I'm avoiding this team, Mung, but, you know, uh, sorry, Cleveland. I'm, uh, I'm a little bit on the other side of the fence here, I think. Uh, I actually like the Cleveland fantasy options a decent amount this week. I think Kaiser is a high-end QB2 for me. I would stream him over uh, Brett Hundley, in fact. Uh, you know, Green Bay's really been torched on defense as of late, and Josh Gordon coming back is a huge addition to this offense, uh, if only to stretch the field. And I think there's some upside here for Crowell as a high-end flex or a low-end RB2 this week. Um, Duke Johnson, he's a low-end flex play in PPR. And I actually like Josh Gordon enough uh, to rank him as a high-end wide receiver, too, this week uh, with upside. And even though Corey Coleman was awful last week, uh, he'll, he'll be a boomer bust flex play. Uh, Green Bay is likely to focus on stopping Gordon. Uh, you know, Casey Hayward matched up against Gordon for the most part last week uh, when they played in L.A. And I think there's a lot of upside here. And I actually, uh, you know... I, I'll take Cleveland in this game in their first win of the season. Whoa. Whoa. Uh, I'm speechless, but uh, give me give me the pack. I hope you're right. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's possible here and you know, I'm I'm I think I'm 4 games behind in our uh, in our head to head head to head pick them here and uh i'll, I'll take oh, a chance you're trying to gain ground here i'm, I'm, I'm cleveland's back but i think wow. okay. but i think they're really kind of coming alive with josh gordon uh, it, you know it, it's a morale thing and i think cleveland might take this one at home sure sure came alive in a uh a, yes okay um, <laughs> sorry uh san francisco versus the houston texans um there's not a ton to say here jimmy garoppolo actually did look pretty decent but it was against the bears zero touchdowns one interception 293 yards you're not starting him at, in the playoffs you're not going to rely on this i don't think uh carlos hyde 17 carries 54 yards as well as his work in the past game three catches for 12 you like him as a running back too of course he does keep getting that solid volume no matter whether matt Breida cuts in like he did this game with 12 carries or like last game with i think he had less than five carries um, you're not touching Brita. You'll stick in with Hyde. Marquise Goodwin, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo actually showed a really nice connection with both of, both of his top receivers right now, Goodwin and Taylor, eight for 99 and six for 92. I would actually like Goodwin as a flex this week, but I, I would I, I don't think I would touch anybody else. It'd be nice to see the tight end get worked in a little more so that we can keep the, keep the story, the narrative going that a young quarterback's best friend is a tight end. But I don't think they're necessarily going to do this here. So it's um, it's it's Hyde and Goodwin for me. Yeah, um, I, th I think Jimmy Grapple has upside for Daly uh, as a QB two, uh, with Houston's secondary struggling as well. Um, but yeah, Carlos Hyde uh, RB two and Marquise Goodwin as a wide receiver three with that quarterback upgrade that they just got. And the only other thing I'll mention is Trent Taylor is an interesting PPR play. Uh, he's showing really good chemistry with Jimmy Grapple, kind of a Julian Edelman role, if you will. 
Uh, and I think Taylor will be a low-end flex option. We'll talk about both of the wide receivers and the waiver ads as well. Yeah, on the Houston side of the football, um, you're not going to start Tom Savage, even though this should be a juicy matchup against the San Francisco defense. Uh, Lamar Miller's high-end running back two for me here, 15 carries, 56 yards to L. Blue's four carries for two yards. L. Blue not really making a dent like Dante Foreman was doing earlier in the season. They got Andre Ellington in for two carries, negative four yards, but they did get him in on the, on the passing game, five catches on six targets, 56 yards. I, I do like him as a pass-catching running back. I think he might be just what this team needed with Dante Foreman out. And I think he could be a pretty decent flex play for you here if you are desperate. Um, <clears throat> that said, I don't love it, but he could have, could have another 10 points for you, just like he did here. And if times are tough, you need every point you could get in the playoffs, that's for sure. Uh, Fedorowicz left early. I think, what, was it a concussion or it was something else that happened to him this week? Yeah, it was a concussion, and he Another may go back one. on How IR. How terrible is that? Yeah. Gosh. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, is a, a wide receiver one. Eight for 80 on 14 targets. Just keep feeding the beast. Uh, as far as these other guys, Steve Anderson, 12 targets. That's sort of nuts. Um, Bruce Ellington just down to two this week. I, that's too messy for me to touch. Maybe you're a little more adventurous with these other guys, Monk. Yeah, well, the other thing to note is we'll see about Will Fuller. Uh, he's been out with those rib injuries. Uh, you know, we'll, yeah. if he's ready to go, uh, he's got some upside in this matchup with San Francisco uh, gi giving up some big plays down downfield. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I mean, I, I like Lamar Miller a lot as an RB two this week. Uh, I think he'll he'll do what Jordan Howard should have done <laughs> last week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, of course, you're starting DeAndre Hopkins. All right. Um, give me. Uh... Uh, I'll take the Texans at home. I will take the Texans as well. All right, cool. That's uh, copacetic. I think that's the right word there. That's an SAT word, right? Um, sure. I mean, how would you know that though? I don't be a jerk, okay? Well, <laughs> that that was that was that was a low blow there, Mung. Okay. Hey, I went to Loyola. That's that's like a top twenty school in Illinois. You know that. I mean, you just set me up so perfectly. How could I not? <laughs> Seattle at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Both teams looking pretty decent here. Uh, Seattle just beat the Philadelphia Eagles 24-10. to uh, Stuffed the football down their throats, as Seattle can do from time to time. Russell Wilson, 227 yards, three touchdowns, with connecting really nicely with some of his receivers. Uh, he's, he's, a run, he's a quarterback one again here, of course. Doesn't need to be said. Doug Baldwin, 5 of 84, reclaiming his spot as the top wide receiver on that team. Just a wide receiver, two for me this week. He should be high volume every week, but he has these times where he just disappears. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on there. Jimmy Graham, another touchdown for the resume, 26 yards on three catches. Tight end one for me here yet again as well. He's been consistent as consistent can be. This week, the other wide receiver with the touchdown was Tyler Lockett instead of Paul Richardson. I hope you haven't been riding that roller coaster. I was in one league, and it, it has been messy. So uh, get off get off now if you can. There should be other options available. Um, as far as this rushing game goes, we, we sort of knew and projected. Actually, I, I, I have to admit I didn't listen to your guys' Seattle uh, evaluation last week, but, but I expected that Mike Davis was going to come and retake this job. He did 16 carries, 64 yards, limited. I mean, he, he did pretty darn well considering who, who they were facing. But, uh, you know, Jacksonville is the top defense in the league. I don't like him as any more than a flex at all. I would probably just do McKissick in the flex and avoid the rest of the running backs here. 
Yeah, especially a, some, a chunk of that yardage came, too, on that illegal forward pass that they did not call. Um, yeah, it's I called mean, a lateral, darn it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if they had challenged that, they likely would have won. Um, or I, I don't even know if you can challenge that, but the, either way, the refs missed it. Uh, but I'm pretty pessimistic on the running backs, despite that good performance by Davis. Um, he's just a flex play for me, and McKissick a desperation RB4 here. Um, and actually, I even have Wilson and Jimmy Graham downgrade a little bit. I think they're really going to struggle on the road here. Uh, they they tend to struggle more, uh, you know, as most teams do when they're not at home. And even though I know Russell Wilson's been money, but uh, on the road here, he's downgraded to a low-end QB1 for me. And similarly, instead of his usual top five tight end ranking spot for Jimmy Graham, um, he's downgraded to more of a mid-to-low-end option at tight end. Uh, obviously still a tight end one and you know depending on your options you're not going to bench jimmy graham um and then similarly i think doug baldwin's still going to be fine in the slot uh, that's probably the best place to attack jacksonville from he'll be a mid-end uh, low-end wide receiver too here as for the jacksonville jaguars same thing holds as uh, playing against minnesota right you fade your guys uh, Blake Bortles, two two touchdowns, three hundred yards versus Indianapolis. He's 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 liable to have these sort of games, but I think even you know even without Richard Sherman, this is going to be one of those games where he throws two three interceptions and, and gives it away with uh, with defensive points scored here. Leonard Fournette, you're not benching him, of course. He's the workhorse back here. Uh, hopefully his foot is in good shape. There were some, you know, anytime you see him on the injury report, it is troubling because he does that ha- have that strong history of foot issues. But he's you know he's the workhorse back low-end running back one, high-end running back two. I'm, I'm not advocating benching Leonard Fournette. That, that's the point I'm making here. Uh, I, I would probably avoid both Lee and Westbrook here, even though they are connecting really well with Bortles. But I, I expect this to be a really tough game for this pass, uh, p- tough day for this pass game here. Yeah, I mean, as you said, uh, even though Bortles was a decent streaming option last week against the bad Indian Indianapolis defense and worked out nicely, I, w- I would definitely avoid him here too at home against Seattle. Even though they're missing a lot of stars due to injury, they're still pretty stout. Um, and same with Fournette, uh, you're not you're not benching him. Uh, you know, he's a low end RB one. Um, for the wide receivers, I, I think D.D. Westbrook, uh, despite uh, him doing really well lately, I think he would be the guy to avoid here on the outside. Uh, I think Marquise Lee has a little bit of a better matchup here from the slot. I think he's still in that wide receiver three talk. Uh, you know, we saw Nelson Aguilar pretty much rip uh, Seattle apart last night, and, and I think Lee's talented enough where he's still going to get open a few times. Uh, and Bortles has had pretty good chemistry with him where I would expect him to still do all right. Uh, so I have Lee as a wide receiver three, but downgraded D.D. Westbrook to wide receiver four for this week. Um, I I think that about does it for Jacksonville. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks on the road here. I was very impressed last night. Uh, I might regret this, uh, but give me Jacksonville at home. I think they're going (laughs) to... I think they're going to harass uh, Russell Wilson all day, and I think Bo- all Bortles has to do, and, and easier said than done, is to not mess it up. I, th- I think you just hand it to Fournette, uh, you know, and let let him do his thing. Yeah, all right. Let's, uh, let's see him do it. The Oakland Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. This week, the Raiders... Uh sort of eked by with one against the Giants. Uh, they, they handled they handled their business. They did what they what they should have done here. Um, but come on, facing Geno Smith, man, you got to do a little better than that. Derek Carr, 287 yards, only one touchdown here, but they were running the ball quite a bit, and that is, you know, what you expect there. Both both of the wide receivers should be back this game, both Crabtree and Cooper. 
and I do like them both as flex plus options here um, against Kansas City, who has been very, very uh, susceptible to big plays, very susceptible to wide receiver scoring. Um, I like Marshawn Lynch here again as a running back, too. They have been leaning on him more. 17 carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown here. I'm not expecting another 20-type touches here, probably more in the 13 to 15 range against this team. Um, but, you know, that said, if they get up early, get some big plays, there's a there's a decent shot that they could lean on Lynch in the second quarter and just grind this game out. Uh, Jack Del Rio is a very smart coach. Andre Washington, only six carries for 16 yards and a touchdown here. I sort of expected a little more um, usage out of both the backs, but they're leaning more on Lynch, and, and that's what we like to see. Uh, I think maybe they're recognizing that he is the face of this franchise, even though he's been there just this one year. Um, not necessarily the face of franchise, but he's the most marketable guy on the team, that's for sure. And they do need to keep this team marketable, especially as they're about to move. Um, everything that happened with the wide receivers this game, Seth Roberts having a nice game, this all sort of goes to goes back to the wild with uh, with both the wide receivers coming back here. And Jared Cook, just, just as I proclaimed him three weeks ago, a must-start tight end one, he went back and turned back into Jared Cook that we all knew and loved for the past better part of a decade, catching one ball for nine yards how frustrating is this guy right he, he should have a good matchup here again versus uh versus kansas he should have a decent matchup here again versus kansas city but there's better options available yeah that said i mean i mean i've been i've been someone who's always been saying you know jared cook's so inconsistent and not to uh not to necessarily rely on him but he does seem but he to... strung like five good ones together. I thought it was happening. Nope, 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 never. Um, no, <laughs> never. I, I nope. will never trust Jared Cook, but uh, I, I do think that he tends to do well against Kansas City, and there's there's no you know good analysis there other than he just tends to play really well <laughs> against Kansas City, kind of like why how Travis Kelsey rips apart Denver every time they play. Um, so I I have Jared Cook as a high end tight end too for no scientific reason here. I just think he, he he might have a sneaky good game here. That's all, and certainly yeah, I, I, think, I, I think I think I think that's a decent spot. He's he's not a must start, but you know could could be really really good. Could be could one be of those hundred yard games. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think I would just about puke. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs came in and puked against uh, the New York Jets, thirty one to thirty eight, uh, with a with a loss on their record after they were looking really good after leading the West. Now they're in a three way tie. Oh boy. Um, Alex Smith here should have a fine day against the Raiders. They're not a defense that scares anybody. Low end uh, quarterback one for me, even though he did just throw four touchdowns. Yes, congratulations to him, but his inconsistencies have been glaring here. Kareem Hunt, nine carries. I think this is a new season low. Nine carries, 40 yards, three catches, 23 yards. I have to keep him firmly as a wide receiver, uh, running back two, but he's been playing as a, as a what running back three. It's what do you do here? I mean, you can't take him out of your lineup, right? I'm certainly not. I mean, this is Andy Ch Andy Reid reverting to his old ways, uh, abandoning the run game when they were only down a score in the second half. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, you're not benching him. He's still playing relatively well, uh, despite some offensive line issues. I would have Hunt, as you said, as a RB2, and I, I love this matchup for Tyree Kill. We saw him blow up last week. I think this will be another pretty decent week for him. I've got him as a low-end wide receiver one or high-end wide receiver two. Uh, and of course, you're starting Kelsey, and I think Alex Smith is a in a very good spot here, too. He's a mid, mid-end QB one here. I agree on both of those players' analysis as well. 
Yeah, and honestly, I think this is this game has shootout written all over it. Um, and and one other quick note on Kansas City. I don't know why they're still seventy eight percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, they've scored ten points or more once in the last what like seven eight weeks. I mean, yeah. I just I don't know what you're expecting from them unless it's a special teams touchdown from Tyreek Hill or something on a punt return. When we're saying every week that this is a team you want to start your wide receivers against, that's not a team that you want to lock in as a starting defense. Um, yeah, that's right. I I think this is gonna be a high scoring game. I don't know what the over under is yet. Uh, for from Vegas, I haven't looked, but I would imagine it's pretty high, which means it's gonna be good for fantasy here. Yes, sir. Um, I I'm taking Kansas City just because I do think Andy Reid, even though with his deficits, I do think he has a better history than Jack Del Rio. Um, he could he, he's gonna eke one away here at home. Uh, I will take Kansas City here as well. They they played a really tight matchup with Oakland uh, at Oakland earlier in the year, and I, I think it's going to be another close, a high-scoring game, but I do think they're going to finally get a win here. Detroit at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Matt Stafford with another decent day, 290 yards, a touchdown and interception versus a tough Ravens defense in, in a game where they were down and down big quick and early uh, Amir Abdullah out for now uh, we saw Tion Green come in and get 11 carries I'm not touching that regardless of the touchdown uh, Theo Riddick is really the only back that that I'd be touching on this team um, he's uh, he's gonna make some catches here especially with Abdullah out um, I I gotta admit I don't know a ton about Tyon Green or, or the way that he runs the ball um, but but he did not get work in the passing game to Theo Riddick's five catches for 41 yards so I like Riddick here as a running back three with Abdullah out, they have a very similar skill set. So so him being gone definitely props up Riddick to a flex consideration here. Marvin Jones continued four catches, 90 yards on his eight targets. Golden Tate, eight of 10 for 69 yards uh, against the Ravens. I like them both better here. I think they're both definite starts for your playoff matchups. Um, Kenny Galladay, TJ Jones, definitely not cracking into starting lineups just yet. And as always, I hate Eric Ebron. I'm sorry, man. You know, it's it's nothing personal, just the way you ball. Uh, so for for the record, yeah, uh, you would touch Theo Riddick. That's what you're saying. Uh, <laughs> I would touch him with my cursor and place him into my flex. Ooh, yeah, keep talking dirty. All right. That, uh, God, you, you, you've got you you're frisky this evening, Mung. What's going on with you? <laughs> I am. I'm very tired. Uh, I think uh, the filter is is a little bit off tonight, but. Anyway, yeah, um, what's Dan doing over there? I, I will say, I will say that I, I love Detroit in this matchup. Uh, this is a great matchup. Stafford, uh, I have him as a mid-level QB one, uh, top five here. Um, love Marvin Jones. I've got him as a high-end wide receiver two, maybe even a low-end wide receiver one in this matchup. Golden Tate, I have as, as a mid-level wide receiver two, and I even have Kenny Galladay as a high upside flex play. I mean. Tampa Bay's secondary is awful, and uh, I think Stafford and company have the talent here to take advantage of that. We saw what Julio Jones did to the secondary, and even though the Green Bay game last week was a little bit closer, uh, you know they still were able to move the ball pretty efficiently here. Um, as for the running back situation, uh, Abdullah out with that neck injury. We'll see if he's able to go this week. Um, if Abdullah plays, I'll have both him and, and Riddick as flex plays. It's always a little muddy there. Um, if he is out again, I, I agree with you. I, I'd prefer Riddick over uh, Tion Green, uh, even though he did get the touchdown there. I wouldn't go crazy on him just yet. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, I I think really Riddick is the the start here as a flex, regardless of Abdullah's status. On the flip side, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Jameis Winston made his less than triumphant return: two hundred seventy yards, two touchdowns. Um, actually had a good stat line uh, despite not having a great day. Both those going to Cameron Brait, so he was definitely uplifted. He play if he plays again, I like Cameron Brait as tight end one here. They definitely have a nice connection. Here's Mike Evans' line though with the return of uh, Jameis Winston: six targets, two catches. 33 yards, and this week he he draws Darius Slay. I do not think this is going to be a good matchup for him, but it's tough with those stud, studs for me. I mean, he, he could go off for 100 yards and two touchdowns, but he could also be limited to three catches and 30 yards yet again. Um, I I personally, you know, would have way too many regrets having having him sit on the bench and then sitting there losing my week because I didn't start Mike Evans. But I, I know you were on the flip side of those things. Uh, Peyton Barber got the majority of the carries, 23 for 102 yards, as well as four catches, 41 yards with uh, Doug Martin out. Uh, Jaquez Rogers, only three carries there. If Doug Martin stays in the concussion protocol, uh, Peyton Barber has a decent shot at being the top scorer for this team. I, I, I like him as a running low-end running back two, maybe. Yeah, lo- yeah low-end running back two in this matchup if uh, Doug Martin is fully out of this game yet again. Yeah, I mean, I think even if Doug Martin were to return, uh, maybe we might see Peyton Barber g- get a shot from the coaching staff. He certainly looked better in this game than Martin has just about all year. Um, I, I, if Martin plays, that certainly makes it a little bit tougher, but I would still have Barber as a high-end flex play as a result of that. And then even though Jameis Winston played really well at Green Bay this week and, and Flacco just had the best fantasy game of his year against this Detroit defense, I, I still don't love it. Winston's still just high on QB2 for me. And to your point, again, uh, with Mike Evans in mind here against Darius Slay, I mean, I think it's going to be a tough matchup, but uh, he's still high in wide receiver too. Uh, I think you would have to have really good options at wide receiver to bench Mike Evans on your fantasy team, but I, I'm just saying it depends for me on who your options are. For example, I, I would probably, if if that were my choice between Marvin Jones, let's say, and Mike Evans, I would play Marvin Jones over him this week. What, what do you think? It, yeah, it's entirely conceivable that you're, with your draft, you could have a team with like... Uh... Golden Tate, Mike Thomas, and Mike Evans. In that situation, I would bench Evans or Marvin Jones, to your point. Yeah, so again, uh, you know, you're not just benching Evans to bench him, but it does depend on your options. And and quick plug, you know, if if you got questions on who that option might be, uh, you know, you can always tweet at us and we'll give you some more specific advice pertaining to the exact situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the one other, the one other two, or one or two other notes here, really. Deshaun Jackson, uh, you know, he really doesn't have that connection with Jameis Winston. It was really more Ryan Fitzpatrick targeting him, so I don't love him here. Deshaun Jackson, even though he's the outlet with Evans uh, being covered by Slay, uh, he's still just a high and wide receiver four for me. I think the beneficiary here is Cameron Brait. I mean, Jameis Winston just loves him, and you know they have that chemistry. And Brait's back to that. PPR tight end one as long as Jameis Woodson is starting. If he's on waivers, uh, he needs to be added, and we'll talk about that more later. Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions. Tennessee comes into Arizona for uh, to kick off our 4 p.m. Eastern games of the week. <clears throat> Marcus Mariota here uh, against Houston. They, they got the win, but again, this team just does not have the offense clicking exactly how I'd like to see it going. Um, I I don't have the trust in Mariota that I did it last season, which is crazy. You would expect him to continue to develop. 
Derrick Henry and DeMarco Murray split the work as follows. Henry, 11 carries, 109 yards, one touchdown. Murray, 11 carries, 66 yards, two catches, 13 yards. Um, I, I guess they're both still <clears throat> against the uh, against the Cardinals this week. It's tough, right? Because Murray has still been like a top 15 uh, running back on the season, but he has not seemed like it. He has not put up the numbers that we'd like. And Derrick Henry's getting work, and he did really well for you this game, but majority of the games, it's not the case. Uh, Henry's a low-end flex for me. Murray's a, a running back two type for me. Delaney Walker, a tight end one yet again. Another touchdown, 63 yards and five catches. And I'm avoiding the wide receivers still. Uh, I, I was really expecting Corey Davis by this time to be owning the field, taking control from the other wide receivers, but he just has not done it yet. Maybe it'll happen this game. So for that reason, I'm not putting Decker in or anything like that. I, I, Decker's probably not even ownable, but uh, not putting in Corey Davis for my playoff matchup. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, it was finally a solid game for Mariota, so this offense is, you know, looking up a little bit. But again, you know, this is a pretty decent matchup against Arizona, giving up the fourth most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks right now. I think Mariota, I'll have him as a decent low-end QB1 option. And at running back, I, honestly, at this point in the season, I think sometimes even as fantasy analysts, we just got to step back for a second and say, I, I don't I don't know, man. Um, yeah. You know, Derrick Henry is looking just way better, uh, you know, more productive for sure in the last few weeks. But he just the eye test, I mean, he looks like he's running better. Um, Murray just looks like he's running slow, like running through like Bisquick mix or something. But... <laughs> For me, you know, Henry, I have him as a high-end RB3. Murray is a, a lower-end RB3 right now. Um, but again, all it takes is that one, you know, half-yard touchdown pass to, to Murray to flip the script here. So who knows? It, it, if you've got Murray, it depends on your options. But um, the other thing to note here, we'll see if Rashard Matthews returns from that hamstring injury. Uh, it sounds like he's questionable, but even then he'd be likely to see Patrick Peterson uh, but to your point, you know, it's kind of a lose-lose for Corey Davis. Uh, if Rashard Matthews plays, um, you know, <laughs> I, he, I guess he gets a slightly better coverage. But uh, Corey Davis, as you said, just hasn't really shown up. And if if David, if uh, Rashard Matthews is out, then, you know, Davis uh, would have to face Patrick Peterson. So, again, not expecting a whole lot. He's a desperation wide receiver for the only guy you're planning here is Delaney Walker, assuming he's good to go with that ankle injury. Yes, sir. Uh, for the Arizona Cardinals, you're you're hoping to avoid Blaine Gabbert. Of course, did not have a great game here versus the Rams. Uh, should be a should be a better day here versus Tennessee in that weak secondary, of course. Uh, but uh, if if you made it in the playoffs, my, my guess is that Blaine Gabbert is not your quarterback. Uh, Kerwin Williams led the day, 16 carries for 97 yards in Adrian Peterson's absence. I expect Peterson to be back this week. That's that's what it's sounding like, right, Mung? That's what I think. Um, I, I think he's still questionable. Uh, I think they're yeah. optimistic, but we'll see. Certainly a, a practice situation to monitor throughout the week. Yeah, and whereas uh, Larry Fitzgerald should have had a tough matchup last week, but converted 10 of 10 for 98 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's looked really, really good. Blaine Gabbert seems to love him, and, and he's finding them for catches. I definitely like him uh, in this matchup versus Tennessee. He's a low-end wide receiver one for me this week. Uh, still still a big mystery with these other wide receivers. J.J. Nelson, of course, got eight targets this week, only converting two. The Brown boys were nowhere to be seen. And Ricky Sills-Jones had another uh, two-catch, 44-yard day on five targets. Uh, he doesn't excite me. He excites me just as much as Jermaine Gresham did uh, early in the season, who I did have fill in for me in a spot start or two and, and did quite well. 
Um, it, it's not exciting, but if you're desperate, you know, he's in that sort of high end. He's a high end tight end too for me right now, uh, just with this connection he's got going. Granted, just a six point game here, but but the coaching staff likes what they get out of him. Um, but it's basically the fifth show here. Yeah, I, th- I think we're mostly on the same page here as far as Arizona goes. Um, you know, you said you had Larry Fitzgerald as wide receiver one this week. Uh, I don't have him quite there, but I certainly don't necessarily disagree with it. I've got him as a high end wide receiver too, so close enough. Um, and and t- funny enough, uh, you said you know if you've made the playoffs, Blaine Gabbert likely isn't your fantasy quarterback. But I've been starting, uh, you know, I've been streaming in one league in the league where I might sneak into the playoffs at six and seven. And uh, if Tyrod Taylor can't go, Blaine Gabbert may very well be my fantasy quarterback this week. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, but I, I think he's a high-end QB, two this week. I, I think there's lots of decent streaming quarterback options. Um, and I, I wouldn't be terribly, you know, uh, worried if, if I did have to toss in Gabbert. I, I think the upside is there against this Tennessee secondary. Um, but, you know, in terms of the running back position, uh, we'll see about Adrian Peterson. If he plays, he'd be a mid-level RB, two. Um, if he misses time, Kern Williams would be in- interesting. He filled in nicely as kind of a bell cow back, uh, getting the vast majority of the carries here. And uh, if Peterson were to be out again, Kerwin Williams would be a high-end flex play for me in that case. Yeah, uh, as you're saying, heading to the playoffs with the quarterbacks. You know, a uh, very healthy reminder with Case Keenum doing awesome, Toby Brissett being okay, uh, like Gabbard being just fine. Very, very strong healthy reminder to wait on quarterbacks, draft depth, for your position players because they are super important. Yeah, and uh, one other name you didn't mention there was Josh McCown, who's been on fire, and we'll talk about him in, in just a second, but give me Arizona here. Yep, I will take the Arizona Cardinals at, at home versus Tennessee as well. Uh, New York Jets at Denver. The Jets just beat the Chiefs, as we said before. Uh, Josh McCown, 330 yards, one touchdown. Um, so he wasn't a huge contributor uh, in the touchdown department, but he did quite well thrown against this weak defense. Um, against against the Broncos here, I'd, I'd like to say that I'd be more afraid for him, but the Broncos have not been the Broncos. Um, I, I, gosh, can I tell you heading to the playoffs to start Josh McCown against the Broncos defense? That's that's a really tough question. Uh, I'm gonna lean on no, just because of Josh McCown's career. He's been very solid, but he is prone to mistakes, and there's been a reason that he fell out of the league, was coaching high school football, then got brought back into the league then left his team, didn't start for a while, then came to the Jets after being the last option the Jets could pop- possibly find. And sure, he puts together solid days. He's, he's been really great. But I, I like Blaine Gabbert more than Josh McCown this week, personally. The running backs, I did not love last week. And they did fairly solid, and they're splitting the ball, but, but they're splitting carries too much for me. I know the Denver run defense has been awful, but but – Sort of very similar to Denver's running back situation. This is too much of a split for me to like anybody. Um, I would go with Powell as a flex and sort of leave well enough alone with the other guys. As for the wide receivers, though, um, Austin Severian Jenkins had had probably the the most down day of the season. Two catches for seven yards on three targets. Uh, He wasn't robbed of a touchdown for once this game, but he has been for six of the past seven weeks, it feels like. I still like him as a tight end one here. Uh, The Broncos are... Not great on defense right now, but always have not been great against tight ends. And these wide receivers, Robbie Anderson, 8 for 107, Hurst, 9 for 157, both with 10-plus targets. I love Robbie Anderson. I I really do. Denver's tough, but Robbie Anderson, something about him has just been making it work 
like this entire season. Um, he he's a he's a high ceiling, very very low floor option for me this week. Um, he's he's a home run hitter essentially, and I, I like Curse less than him, but he, he's not. I I can't do Curse against Denver. Yeah, I mean that's one of those situations where <laughs> at some point the you know. He didn't get a touchdown last week for the first time in, what, five, six weeks. But Robbie mm-hmm. Anderson should still be fine against Denver. Uh, I think there's a little bit more risk here, but you're still starting him as a high-end wide receiver three, maybe even a low-end wide receiver two. Um, I, I wouldn't expect necessarily a, a huge, huge week. But then again, I didn't expect that a couple weeks ago either against Carolina. And, you know. Right. Um, Can he still j- just beat them for 98 yards and a touchdown? I mean, sim- similar type player. Yeah, I mean, I I think Robbie Anderson's fine to fire him up as their wide receiver, too. I'm assuming you have been starting him as that, and I see no reason to continue. Um, and honestly, it would be a tough, tough decision for me if I had Robbie Anderson and Mike Evans. It would, I'd have to think about it. Yeah, I definitely have to think about that. Um, Jermaine Curse, I think he's a bit more risky. He's a bit more uh, inconsistent in terms of the looks he gets from Josh McCown, but... Uh, he's still definitely on that high-end wide receiver four, low-end flex radar. Um, he's very boomer bust. And then to your point with Austin Safarian Jenkins, I don't have him as a tight end one, but I have him as a high-end tight end two, despite being very disappointing lately. And, and I think the thing to remember here is sometimes you just have to, you have to trust the, the analysis. It hasn't been working out due to very irregular, fluky plays, but you know he the talent's there, and and he's still been getting targets outside of last week's game. And yeah, I would I would still roll him out there against most other options, especially if you're you know let's say a Gronk owner who's you know going to lose him to possibly lose him this week to suspension, or you know if you've been waiting for Greg Olson to come back or something like that. Austin Safarian Jenkins, the numbers have not been there, but. It, it, the potential is still very much there. He's an upside tight end too. Um, and to your point, I, I think I would also start Blaine Gabbert over over Josh McCown, but I, I think it's pretty close. I think McCown's right there in that high end tight end, or excuse me, QB two range. The Broncos are in trouble. Uh, I I almost have just as little analysis for them as I did for the for Cleveland earlier in the season. Um, Anderson led the day for the running backs here, 15 for 67, but we've seen week in and week out. It flips between him, it flips between Devontae Booker, Jamal Charles gets in the mix. I, I'm avoiding all of them. I, I I can't start any of them, and I don't think I can tell you to start any of these receivers either. Two for 27 on 10 for Demarius Thomas, two for 11 on seven for Emmanuel Sanders. This is, this is a mess. Denver does not have faith in these quarterbacks. Simeon just got to start again after after – Three other guys failed for him, and like for good reason. This team's in trouble. I don't know if Paxton Lynch is the answer if they're going to be drafting another quarterback this year, but I I think I'm actually telling you to to avoid even DT, avoid your Broncos this week. I think we knew that the Broncos were in trouble ever since they lost to the Giants. Uh, I think that was a pretty clear indicator there. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, I mean. Really, all I have to say is I don't know that Demarius Thomas is a definite bench, depending on your options, but he's definitely just a low-end flex play. Um, yeah. And Sanders is a wide receiver four with some upside against this Jets secondary, but again, very low floor. So you're you're really rolling rolling the dice here if you're starting either of these guys. Uh, again, depends on your options, but uh, 
Yeah, yikes. It's it's tough. The but that's good for the NFL, you know, to rotate through which teams are great, which te- you know, so that so that is good. Um, I'm just gonna take the Jets here, you know. Hey, I took the Jets against the Chiefs last week and worked out. Give me the Jets again. There we go. Washington at the Los Angeles Chargers of Los Angeles. Uh, Kirk Cousins turned in a uh, not not awesome day. 250 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Unfortunately, um, he was fine for you, but not what you're looking for, um, especially heading to the playoffs. Here, he's gonna he's gonna be under pressure with Joey Bosa in this pass rush. That's for sure. Um, I still like him as a quarterback. One, he's he's you know he's he's my rock solid guy. He's my he's my special boy. We all know that. I'm not getting away from him. Um, Perrine. 12 carries, 38 yards, not a great day there, but did salvage it with those three catches for 31. Salvaged it about 10, uh, 10 points there. Um, the Chargers are much better against the uh, – ha- have been better against the pass than they have been against the run. I think Perrine's just fine for you here. High-end running back two type for you. Um, Byron Marshall did not really cut into the work whatsoever there. He did get a few more passes there, but I, I'm not thinking that the Chargers are going to – blow out uh, the Redskins and be up where we need passing down backs for the good majority of the game. Jameson Crowder, really, I, I think he's probably what handed the game to the Cowboys. Five catches, 67 yards, but he, he clanged a few catches, uh, clanged a few balls off his hands, led to interceptions, had a bad fumble, had bad fumbles on uh, returning punts. Um, he should slot in as an okay low-end wide receiver two here in a PPR and a standard. I'd, I'd more or less avoid him, really. Um, Josh Doxton didn't impress here, even though he did have that one touchdown, just not catching on as much as he should. I think this, this pass rush is going to get at Kirk Cousins more than Dallas was able to. Um, Vernon Davis and Niles Paul, two for 15 for Davis, three for 12 for Paul. Vernon Davis has fallen off the, fallen off the face of the earth. He was a locked in tight end one every single week. And I just can't, uh, just can't recommend that anymore. You know, it sounds crazy. I'm probably sounding hypocritical telling you to put in ASJ after he's put in down week after down week after down week and falling off of Vernon Davis just after two weeks. But there's just something that smells fishy here about Davis because he's been you know, too good for too long and they're just not going to him anymore. Yeah, really here. I mean, I, I don't think this is going to be a good game for Washington. You know, I, I'm shocked that they're five and seven at this point with all the offensive line injuries they've experienced this year. Um, they got more issues now with their right tackle possibly out this game. I, I really don't love Kirk Cousins here. Uh, you know, also traveling west on the road to L.A. He's just a high-end QB2 for me this week. Um, and similarly, for the same reason, with offensive line issues, I don't love Samaj P. Ryan. I, I think, you know, on paper, the Chargers are a good rushing matchup, but we're going to have to see how these the shuffling of the linemen affects P. Ryan's game here. Uh, I have him downgraded quite a bit to a high-end RB3 or flex play, despite his volume of touches. Um, I mean, upside's still definitely there, but uh, definitely I, I think the floor is much lower than it was the previous few weeks. Um, to your point, I don't love Vernon Davis either. Uh, he's really just a mid-end tight end too. Uh, really, I think uh, you know Doxon's going to struggle too with Casey Hayward, and I think the guy to pick here is Jameson Crowder. They might need to get some of those shorter passes out quick um, if the pass rush is starting to get there, get home quickly. Uh, I think Jameson Crowder has got a lot of upside still in PPR, and I'll have him as a low-end wide receiver, too, in this matchup. The Chargers should should uh, look to have a pretty decent offensive day here. I have Rivers as a high-end 
uh, quarterback two for me here. Melvin Gordon, a low end uh, running back one here, 19 carries, 77 yards, as well as the work he's getting in the past game, four for 29. Austin Eckler not really cutting into his work as much as people were worried about. Uh, I'm not concerned for him. I, I think he, Eckler's an interesting name in a dynasty. I think he's definitely a must own in a in most dynasties, 12 team plus. Um, but that's that's about all the interest I have in him there. Uh, Keenan Allen. 10 of 14 for 105 yards and another touchdown. They're really using him the way they ought to be now, targeting him with high volume. Uh, Mike Williams was actually uh, inactive heading into this game. Hunter Henry, seven catches, 81 yards. I like Allen and Henry both this week. Um, they are they are playing against uh, Washington, but Josh Norman not really following Keenan Allen around usually. Keenan Allen sort of moves all over the field, doesn't really stay in that outside receiver type setting. Um, anybody else? Antonio Gates has been a non-factor as of late. Uh, I, these other wide receivers, they're all good. They're all talented. They've grown right. At the end of the day, heading into the next season, I like Mike Williams the best, but I'm, I'm avoiding the other. I'm avoiding those three for now. Yeah, um, and a rare bobble and drop here by Antonio Brown on what, what would have been a touchdown. Uh, it looks like Looks like Jackson got just enough of a piece of that ball on the way down. Uh, really great defensive play here. Um, but in terms of the Chargers here, I, I like Rivers even more than you. I like him as a low-end QB1. Uh, Gordon, low-end RB1. Keenan, low-end wide receiver one. Uh, Hunter Henry, low-end tight end one. Book it. <laughs> there we go. Uh, give me the Chargers here. Give me the Chargers at home as well. All right, the Philadelphia Eagles will head into the L.A. Uh, Los Angeles Rams stadium after picking up just their second loss of the season to the Seattle Seahawks. It's it's tough to travel West Coast. Uh, they may have a little trouble here. That said, Carson wins 350 yards, a touchdown, and interception. He's he's a he's a quarterback one, no matter what defense he's playing. He's been really really good this year, and you're not shying away from him uh, here either. The running back situation is is a tough cookie to crack. That's for sure. Uh, now the Rams are are a pretty good matchup for running backs. Running backs have had decent success, but it's it's tough to really say which one you really think is going to be best for you here. Um, the Rams can put up points, which would make this team go away from Legarrette Blunt, uh, or or the uh, Eagles could have a really nice day against the Rams and trouble Jared Goff, which would keep Legarrette Blunt uh, uh, in the field. Or wait, what did I just say? That that got confusing. <laughs> if the Rams score points. Then I expect more Jay Ajayi and more Corey Clement. If uh, the Philly defense shuts down Jared Goff, then I expect more Legarrette Blunt. And they're really splitting carries evenly. Uh, Corey Clement splitting touches evenly with, since he's getting the passing down work um, by and large. Sort of splitting that with Jay Ajayi, of course. I, I really can't. I really can't vouch for either uh, any of the three right here. Three running backs is too many for me, especially against the LA Rams. Uh, as for the wide receivers. Aguilar, seven for 141 on 12 targets and a touchdown. We've seen the roller coaster with him. We've seen him get 12 targets. We've seen him get zero targets. Um, he slots in somewhere around the middle. Low end wide receiver, three for me. Alshon Jeffrey, a little more consistent, a little less boomer bust, four for 61 here. He's a low end wide receiver, two for me in this game. Zach Ertz, unfortunately, went down, the, but probably the best player on this offense, really. Um, got hurt this game. Trey Burton came in, filled in admirably, but. Um, it's Ertz or bust for me. If he's not playing, I, I'm not touching a tight end. 
Yeah, we'll see. He left that game with a concussion, but he does have some time to get back here. Um, and, and real quick game break as well. Uh, Joe Mixon was ruled out of the, tonight's game with a concussion, so we'll see if he's able to go this week. Uh, it is going to be a short turnaround here with them playing tonight on Monday night. Um, but back to Philly here. Even though they lost to Seattle uh, by, by a decent margin, the game was really closer than the final score might suggest. Uh, Wentz had one of those weird fumbles that went into the end zone and, and was a touchback. Uh, so certainly he's still a fantasy QB1, uh, even on the road here at the Rams. Um, he was very close to a rushing touchdown and just you know one of those high-variance plays where it could have gone either way. Uh, in terms of the running backs here, I'm expecting that the Rams are going to find success. So uh, as, as you mentioned, I guess that means I like Ajayi the most as a flex play. Um, and then, uh, you know, I like Alshon as well as a wide receiver too. And I think Aguilar, he's been balling out recently. He's going to be a high-end wide receiver three for me here. Um, and I think that about wraps it up for the Philly side. All right. For the LA Rams, uh, they, they come into, or well, they, they come into their home stadium, I guess. Uh, Jared Goff is a high-end quarterback two for me here. Been, he's been really great. A lot, but a lot better than we really thought after seeing him last year. Ted Gurley stays a, a, a top option at uh, running back one, of course. Another six catches, 84 yards on top of just 74 yards rushing. The guy's a stud. Um, against uh, against the Cardinals defense, I think uh, Sammy Watkins is going to have a tough day. He had only three for 38 and a touchdown um, against the Cardinals. This week he gets uh, Philadelphia. I, I don't love him. I don't really love the way they're using this guy. Uh, Woods, I expect him to be out. And I think Cooper Cup is going to be the benefactor with a lot of targets here again. High-end PPR. Uh, wide receiver three for me here. He gets the targets and he makes the catches. He has great hands. He really does. Um, no real effect from the tight ends here just yet. Yeah, I like Goff as a high end QB two, despite a tough Philly defense. Uh, and you said you're starting Gurley, of course. Um, and assuming Robert Woods misses another game with that shoulder injury, I think both uh, Watkins and Cup are high and wide receiver threes. And if Woods were to come back, I, he would be rated the highest as a low and wide receiver two. Uh, Cup would remain that wide receiver three range, and then Watkins would be pushed kind of back down to that boomer bust wide receiver four area. This was, uh, I think this one was the toughest game for me to call this week. Um, I think Philly might have a tough time traveling though, and, and LA ekes one away this week. Yeah, this this was a, a tough call for me as well, and and really as a result, I think this is going to be the most exciting game to watch this week. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll take the Rams by a little bit as well as the home team here. All right, in a much less exciting game, Dallas goes into uh, the Meadowlands, New York. I don't I told you they don't play at the Meadowlands anymore anymore, uh, do they? Regardless, uh, Dak Prescott should be okay here. Yes. <clears throat> As a uh, high-end quarterback, too, that's all he's been for me so far this year. Um, not looking himself, but the Giants are the Giants. Al Morris really stepped up. 27 carries, 127 yards, and a touchdown versus the Redskins. Um, of course, not getting passing down work. Maybe this was a uh, maybe this was a, a long-time revenge game against the Skins. I don't know, but but he looked really good. Rod Smith had 10 carries, 27 yards, and a touchdown, which salvaged his day. Um, I. Before I was on the record saying I prefer Rod Smith, I I just don't see how Dallas gets away from Al Morris after that really impressive performance that he put on um, against uh, against the Giants. He's he's a uh, low end running back two for me here. Rod Smith a PPR only flex option. Uh, that said, if Al Morris shows any bit of stumbling, I wouldn't be shocked if Rod Smith goes and just seals the job right from under him. I I, I really wouldn't. 
does Brian select in as a uh, wide receiver two for me here. Um, I think the uh, the Josh Norman commercial where Des Bryant shows a picture of Josh Norman with a very tiny blanket next to him really uh, really showed here since uh, since Des had five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown here. He hasn't had a touchdown in a while, so uh, Josh Norman can't be feeling very good about that. Uh, Jason Witten, only one catch on his five targets. Very rare. I, I don't really know what to make of that, except that the Giants are awful against tight ends. Jason Witten is a tight end one for me here. He should be able to get back. Um, that That's it. You know I hate Terrence Williams. Yeah, can we talk about how Andy Dalton is just balling out tonight? Um, nope. <laughs> I mean, he had, he read that <laughs> blitz perfectly and, and threw that quick slant to Brandon LaFell, and that was beautiful. But anyway, um, I, th- I think, you know, Dak Prescott, he finally got his mojo back against uh, the Washington Redskins here. Um, <laughs> I mean, especially with Janoris Jenkins going on IR after that ankle surgery, I, I, th- I have Dak Prescott as a QB1. Um, I've got Alfred Morris as a mid mid level RB two. Uh, I'm assuming I'm assuming that Dallas is going to play with a lead for most of this game here, and I think that Dak Prescott, or, or I'm sorry, not Dak Prescott, uh, Des Bryant should be a decent low end wide receiver too. Um, and then Witten, I, I think he's right on the the cusp of that high end tight end two, low end tight end one range. Um, he he's kind of in that territory where there's a lot of different options there. Yeah, but you play you play tight ends against the Giants. That's like death tag yeah, yeah. tight ends against Giants in Cleveland. No, definitely. I, I would break the tie probably in favor of Witten, depending on you know, with those guys like yeah. Austin Sfair and Jenkins. But um he's still below that tier of like Cameron Bray and Delaney Walker for me. Oh yeah. Uh so a lot of uh quarterbacks that we say you can start here. Here's one you can't. Geno Smith. I hope I hope you're not I hope you're not jumping down that rabbit hole. Two hundred and twelve yards and a touchdown. A fine day for him, I guess. Three rushes, thirteen yards, but come on. Uh Orleans Darko really did not play well against the Raiders. Fourteen carries, thirty-two yards and a touchdown. Um, so bad that even Paul Perkins got in on the mix. Wayne Gallman, three carries for each of them. I think they're gonna give uh Darko another chance here. He's gonna be a high end running back three here. I would not touch the other running backs. Even Shane Vereen um it did have three catches here, but you know, this this team is bad. Uh, I was surprised with the uh, connection that, uh, you know, actually showed with Evan Ingram, though, you know, he, he did throw a lot to the tight end while he was on the Jets in his time. Seven for 99 and a touchdown here. A- Evan Ingram is a really talented guy. He lines up all over the field, and I think he will be just fine at the tight end. One again to this week. Sterling Shepard only three for 56. This is where the struggle might be with, with, uh, t- with, um, time. Sorry, Geno Smith, not Tyron Smith. I don't know where I was going there. With Geno Smith being that, you know, he's not young anymore, but he hasn't played a ton, and it's tough for him to catch. It's tough for them. Well, to I mean, e- it doesn't matter because they said earlier today Eli Manning will be starting again. Oh, uh, they did. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, then I love Shepard this week. What am yeah. I talking about? Yeah. So I think that might change your opinion a little bit here. Um. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's funny in a non good way that they broke Eli Manning's streak for one game and handed the start back. I mean, just seems absolutely pointless. I mean, that that whole coaching staff, you know, with uh, Jerry Reese and uh, Ben McAdoo getting fired today, I think this team is just going down the drain right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, fantasy-wise, the only guys you're considering here really is Dark was a flex, um, Ingram, still that mid-level tight end one, and Sterling Shepard, who should be a high-end wide receiver three play with Eli Manning back this week. Wow, that's that's just so Eli, isn't it? 
Give me the uh, give me the Giants. Just kidding. The Giants <laughs> to lose here. Yeah, I'll take Dallas as well. All right. Uh, what is our oh, our next game brings us into Sunday night football. Uh, Carrie Underwood and all the uh, all the other good folks. And yes, I am stalling because I can't find my stats. <laughs> uh, let me help you out here. Uh, the Baltimore Got Ravens uh, against Pittsburgh. Yes, Baltimore against Pittsburgh. Here we go. Uh, Joe Flacco had a. Uh, the Ravens beat up the, the Lions. They they scored a lot of points here. That's that's really the long and short of it. Ran ran the ball real tough on him. Alex Collins. They are concerned about his migraine issues. Um, there are some reports where they said they don't know if that's going to affect him week to week. But you know, everybody's had a headache. Everybody's had migraines. You you, you can't project a week out to say if a guy's going to have a migraine, especially when you don't know you know what exactly is triggering it here. Um, but against the Steelers, I think they will stick with Alex Collins. Um, they, they'll stick with him. He'll be a running back two here. Danny Woodhead didn't have real reason to get worked into this game, but the Steelers should be able to score a few points at home. Um, he typically is better at home, that's for sure. So Danny Woodhead is a flex option for me here this week. Um, Mike Wallace, man, 116 yards, five catches on eight targets. But that inconsistency is just so bad. I, I know you've always liked him a little more than me. I like the consistency more of Jeremy Macklin as a wide receiver three. Wallace is, is a constant avoid for me. Uh, but, but that's really all there is for this team. I mean, really, Mike Wallace has been pretty consistent, though. Last four weeks, uh, you know, he's had 9.8 points or more in PPR. Uh, yeah, he's outscored Jeremy Macklin, so I, I still like he him has. more. He absolutely um, is. I mean, I understand that this past week, part of it might be that, you know, uh, you know the, the whole Darius Slay issue. But for me, I mean, I, I think the stats kind of speak for themselves. He's been out-targeted as well as, you know, in addition to out-producing him. Uh, I have Wallace ranked higher as a mid-level wide receiver three, and then Macklin as a low-end flex. I mean, I think both are going to be usable here, but... I would prefer Wallace if I had to pick one of the two. Um, and then, you know, Flacco had his best fantasy game of the year against Detroit, but I'd avoid him on the road at Pittsburgh here. And then I think Alex Collins is still the guy. Uh, you know, as you said, with the migraines, it sounds relatively minor. But certainly Sterling Shepard missed a couple games due to that, so we'll see. Uh, you know, monitor the, that, that practice status all week. If Collins plays, I think he'll be a low-end RB2 and Woodhead a flex. And if Collins is out, I think, you know, Woodhead would get bumped up to a solid RB2 with Buck Allen as a flex. For the Steelers this week, we're seeing a hefty dose of road bend. Uh, one touchdown, one interception, 160 yards. Juju not doing great. Martavis not doing great. Antonio Brown still holding down with a ton of targets, of course. Le'Veon Bell doing just fine. Um, ben at home is just a quarterback, two versus Baltimore. You're starting Bell. You're starting Brown. Uh, I like Juju Smith-Schuster every week, but but fade him a little bit versus Baltimore. Probably more wide receiver three type for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if Baltimore is as scary without Jimmy Smith. Uh, you know, he's done for the season with that Achilles injury, and, and that's a big hit to this Baltimore defense. I mean, he's just one guy, but he was a big piece of that secondary. Um, I, I certainly think this increases Ben's floor and ceiling for this coming week. Uh, I have him as a high-end QB, two with a lot of upside. Uh, of course, you're starting Bell and Brown. And I, I think, you know, in my notes, I had uh, Juju as a high and wide receiver three as well. 
Um, but but a lot of it's going to depend. He hasn't looked great tonight, uh, whether that's, you know, recovering from the hamstring injury or, uh, you know, there was a report that he jammed his finger in the pregame warmups. Um, we'll see. I, I think Maybe he lost his bike again. Have we uh, checked? <laughs> I, I think he got a car. Actually, he got his license. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he um, did lose his bike. Then. That <laughs> is the problem. Yeah, so, but I mean, I think I think part of the reason he's struggling tonight, uh, one, the Bengals' defense, of course, but also I think the health is still lingering, and I, I think he's on track to, you know, continue to get better from that hamstring injury, and hopefully his finger's fine. So I, I do like Juju still um, for this coming week, and I think Martavis will be a flex play. So we'll see. And, of course, neither tight end's really a relevant fantasy option at this point. No. Uh, I'll take Pittsburgh at home, home Ben, uh, to, to win. Yeah, I will take Pittsburgh as well. New England at Miami. I'm sure all of you have been waiting for us uh, to talk about the Patriots and uh, one Rob Gronkowski. Well, I'll get to that later, I guess, uh, if, if we really have to. Um, Tom Brady, you're not benching him against the Dolphins. Come on, let's not be stupid. Let's not even talk about it. Yes, he had zero touchdowns. I'm sorry. He had four the week before and eight, eight the week before that. Okay, just shut up. Uh, Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead are both fine running back. Two options here for me. Uh, Lewis, 15 for 92. Burkhead, 12 for 78 and two touchdowns. Not expecting uh, Hogan back. And even when he does come back, I don't think he can. Well, I don't know. I do think he can cut into Burkhead's value because I've seen the craziness that Bill Belichick does from week to week. But he's not. it's not a problem right now. Danny Amendola isn't stepping up to hurt Burkhead at all or knock him out of the pass game. He's still getting four targets, three catches, 25 yards there. Brandon Cook's a pretty down game, two for 17. He should be just fine against the Dolphins here. Um, I start him as a, as a high-end wide receiver, too, just because of that potential. Gronk really had the big game here. Nine catches, 147 yards on 11 targets. And then he was, you know, P.I. all day on this guy, was hanging on him, wouldn't let him get the catch. Gronk, and, and then he comes up with the interception. Gronk got a little angry, you know. He, we've seen Gronk throw guys out the club before. That's for sure. He's got a little fire to him. He's got a little he's got a little temper to him, but he's a competitor. This is what we like to see. These are football players that we want to see. Ten years ago, we would have said, great play, Gronk. Hit him again next time. Get back on the field. But this is a different time. It was, it, it was a dirty play. All right? I'll level with you. He, he shouldn't have done that. Guy was laying on the ground. He, he dives on him, throws his shoulder in his helmet. It was dirty, Gronk. He deserved that one-game suspension. We'll see you next time. We'll see you in. We'll see you in two weeks, and we'll be happy to have you back. Um, Dwayne Allen's going to slot in. Martellus Bennett's still having shoulder issues. I I don't like Dwayne Allen. I just like Brandon Cooks even more and Burkhead even more. Uh, James White probably get even more work in the flex this week. Yeah, I think you and I are, are on the same page as far as the Gronk suspension. Um, although he is appealing, so there's a shot that it gets overturned, but I would expect it to stand. Um, if you if you have Gronk as your starting tight end, I would make other plans for this week. Uh, but certainly, yeah, I mean that was uncalled for by him. I I love I love the Gronk. You and I both do. Um, but yeah, he's he deserves that suspension. Um, but really, this throws a lot out of whack for the Patriots offense. I think more than people are thinking a little bit. Uh, I mean, it, the way I see it here is a, a variety of impacts. Uh, one, you don't have that downfield threat to keep the run game as honest. Um, so certainly, I, I would think even though they might see more carries, I would downgrade Deion Lewis and Rexburg had ever so slightly. They're still both RB2 plays in fantasy, but I think they may face tougher opposition with Miami possibly playing a bit tighter against the run. Um, I, I would lower their ceiling a little bit here. 
And then the other reason is as well, uh, you know, Gronk, he's an excellent run blocker. Uh, a lot of people, you know, see his receiving skills, but he's so invaluable as a blocking tight end as well. Um, that hurts both the pass protection and the run blocking. Uh, and then finally, the third thing is it kind of limits the kind of plays they can play. You know, Dwayne Allen is not, uh, not uh, going to be the same threat as Gronk to opposing defenses uh, with Martellus Bennett on IR. Um, really, I, you know, I still like Tom Brady as a fantasy QB1, but uh, instead of a normal top three QB, he's a mid-end, low-end QB1 for me here. Um, and then for Brandon Cooks, too, I think he's going to see, you know, a little bit more defensive attention. Still a very solid high-end wide receiver, too. Uh, the other thing is we might see a little bit more Danny Amendola. I think uh, if both Chris Hogan and Gronk are out, uh, Amendola is going to become a very viable high-end flex play here this week. Uh, and if Hogan can go with his shoulder injury, he would be a solid wide receiver, too. But it sounds like it, it still might be another week or two for Hogan. So certainly keep an eye out on practice reports for him this week. For the Dolphins, uh, they did come in and hang 35 on the Broncos, but the Broncos' defense is not what it was, and the Patriots' defense is not what it was, and what and people are forgetting or just not realizing how, how good the Patriots' defense has been. I'm avoiding Jay Cutler. Uh, I don't think this game is going to be close. I think Jay's going to try and have to hit a lot of dump-off passes, so I do like Kenyon Drake quite a bit this week. He's the only sh- uh, man, and he's the, really the only show in town. 23 carries, 120 yards, and a touchdown versus Denver, tacking on three extra catches there. I think it'll be a high-end running back two play here. I think the wide receivers and Jay are going to have a lot of trouble otherwise. Uh, Jay has not shown that connection with Devontae Parker that that we saw earlier in the season. Um, He's he's a bench for me right here. Jarvis Landry is the best option here. Stays high volume. Um, five of six for 62 here, a, a uh, wide receiver two in a PPR. Kenny Stills actually 13 targets this past game, five catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, but uh, the Patriots are going to limit him. The, Bill Belichick knows exactly what to do. He does a great job at it. And I, I don't like the Dolphins this game. Yeah. Uh, nope. 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 <laughs> on Jay Cutler. Uh, I don't care that Miami just crushed Denver. Uh, I'm not trusting Cutler against New England here. Um, I think Kenyon Drake will be fine regardless as a volume play RB2. Uh, should see plenty of receptions to you know boost his floor in PPR. And Jarvis Landry's been PPR gold. Uh, he'll be a wide receiver too every week. And yeah, I mean, it seems like Kenny Stills is kind of overtaking Devontae Parker as that go-to outside receiver. Um, really getting that chemistry with Cutler that we thought Devontae Parker was developing early on in the season, but... Um, things change quickly. So for me, Stills, a high-end wide receiver three, and Parker, a desperation boomer bust wide receiver four. Uh, there is the potential for some garbage time in this game. And for that same reason, I kind of like Julius Thomas. I think he'll be a boomer bust tight end two uh, with some upside here. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, give me, uh, give me New England on the road, even without Gronk. Although I, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than originally uh, at full strength. Give me the Pats. Brandon Cooks is going to have like 200 yards and three touchdowns here. Just watch it. Uh, <laughs> right. as, as for the bye teams, uh, no bye teams. It's the fantasy playoffs. There better not be any bye teams. Yeah. Um, all right. So in terms of streaming quarterbacks here, uh, quite uh, like we said, quite a few options here. Um, if he's healthy enough to play, we've got Tyrod Taylor uh, at home against Indianapolis, 50% owned. Uh, this is a great matchup for him if he's healthy. Uh, low on QB1. Uh, Deshaun Kaiser versus Green Bay. 
four uh, percent. That that Green Bay secondary is really giving up a lot of plays. Kaiser's getting those rushing yards as well, and he played well uh, at LA. And uh, Josh Gordon back is a big boost to his fantasy potential. We've got Josh McCown at Denver, 42% owned. We've talked about how Denver has not been great uh, despite being good on paper. And McCown's been hot. Uh, you know, ride the hot hand. Uh, he's got decent floor and high upside in this matchup. And then finally, Andy Dalton playing well tonight against Chicago at home, 54% owned. Uh, Dalton has been relatively mistake-free this year, getting the ball out quickly. And this is a pretty good matchup at home for him. As for our tight ends, Cameron Braid versus Detroit, 55% ownership probably dropped a little bit during that Ryan Fitzpatrick stint, but Jameis Winston is healthy, loves to target Braid, especially in the red zone. Another two touchdowns for him just last week alone. Tyler Croft versus Chicago, 43% owned. Should be a decent matchup at home. Chicago's average at covering opposing tight ends. Julius Thomas versus New England, 32% owned. Expect Miami to play from behind. Should be some garbage time opportunities here. Big, big body target. Jay Cutler's going to need to get that ball out. Yep, and some great streaming defensive options here. We've got the Lions at Tampa Bay, 58% owned. Jameis Winston got some pretty lucky throws off against Green Bay, and you know the Lions defense is much better uh, despite kind of falling apart against Baltimore. Um, I expect them to do pretty well against Tampa Bay here. Uh, we've got the Bengals uh, at home against Chicago, 33% owned. Uh, Cincinnati's playing well tonight. They've played pretty well on defense for most of this year, and I would expect them to control this game. And then finally, if you're desperate, we've got Dallas at New York Giants, 9% owned. Uh, again, the Cowboys play much better in divisional matchups. We saw them really get after Kirk Cousins this past week, and they should get some sacks and or turnovers against this Giants poor offensive line and against a, a mess of an organization right now with an interim head coach. I'll take you through your injuries for the week. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, patellar tendon contusion, considered minor, questionable for this week. Aaron Rodgers with that collarbone likely to return week 15. Your playoff team, I would roster him, especially if you have an IR spot. Adrian Peterson with that back, questionable. Ty Montgomery is on the IR, droppable in all redraft formats. Uh, formats. It's the it's the Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones show in Green Bay. Rookies abound. Doug Martin with that concussion is questionable. Amir Abdullah with the neck injury is still questionable. Robert Woods with that shoulder and Chris Hogan also with that shoulder, both still questionable. Richard Matthews questionable with that hamstring. Mari Cooper, questionable to uh, progress through the concussion protocol. Hopefully you see him back. Bruce Ellington, with that hamstring, left the game early versus Tennessee. He's been week to week. A uh, big benefactor with Will Fuller out. And Will Fuller with a rib injury, questionable also. Zach Ertz, questionable with a concussion. Delaney Walker, questionable with an ankle sprain. Greg Olson with foot soreness, always scary because he's had you know multiple injuries on that foot this year. And Jordan Reed, still with that hamstring, questionable. Um, yeah. That's uh, that's where we're at. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of situations up in the air for the first week of fantasy playoffs. So uh, definitely keep your eye out on uh, different practice reports during the <laughs> week on all these guys if they're on your team. Um, in terms of the waiver wire additions, just a couple guys at quarterback. We're getting to that point of the year, as we said, Tyrod Taylor um, against Indianapolis this week, and then against Miami next week, and then against New England. Uh, in the in the championship so really a very solid slate of games for fantasy purposes if he's healthy uh, he's always been in that low end qb1 high end qb2 range in fantasy and you mentioned already aaron Rodgers, 75 percent owned it sounds like he's ready to go for week 15 and if you're a playoff team and can use the qb upgrade and by that i mean you don't have tom brady then yeah you should go pick up aaron Rodgers. 
Yeah. And I, actually, you know, honestly, even if you have a great fantasy quarterback already, play some defense against your other playoff contenders. You know, don't let them get Rodgers for free. That's right. Also, if you're if you're the number one playoff seed, you know, enjoy your bye, but do not rest this week. Uh, you've got to snatch up players. You've got to consider your further options. You've got to worry about your playoff matchups. Get the best guys you can that are there. Uh, right now is free agency for the running back. Uh, Jamal Williams, 71% owned. Rex Burkhead, 68% owned. Kenyon Drake, 68% owned. All three of those guys are legit RB2s in the roles, They and they should be 100% owned. Alex Collins sitting at 76%, the lead back in Baltimore team that's getting better on offense each week. Danny Woodhead, 49%. Collins is the lead guy, but Woodhead would see more catches against Pittsburgh, that's for sure. Al Morris, 69%, running well in Dallas offense. Finally looked a little more cohesive last week. Peyton Barber, Sitting at a paltry 6%. That's, that's going to change. Played well enough to split touches with Doug Martin or maybe even start over him at this point. Um, if Doug doesn't clear, he's going to be the workhorse this week. Aaron Jones sitting at 35%, playing behind Jamal Williams, but will get touches with Ty Montgomery done for the year. Mike Davis, 9%. Clearly the best running back right now for Seattle. Should continue to be the starter here. And Kerwin Williams, 3%. Played well versus the Rams. Could have fantasy value again if AP misses more time. Um, I also want to tell you, uh, take a look at Andre Ellington. I still like him in a PPR format. Yeah, and just one other name to add to that, too. Chris Carson, um, you know, Pete Carroll said today that he's way ahead of um, ahead of schedule on that broken leg. But I, I still don't think he needs to necessarily be rostered outside of very deep leagues. Um, I would think that even if Chris Carson were able to return late in the season, you know, like week 16, week 17, do you really feel confident starting him? I think they're going to stick to that timeshare. They might mix him back in, but Davis and McKissick have been playing well enough where I don't think that it would be his job right when he comes back. Um, but anyway, going on to the wide receivers here, uh, we've got Josh Gordon, 72% owned. Uh, he was pretty productive in his first game back in three years. Uh, I would think he has wide receiver two upside, <laughs> maybe even wide receiver one. Uh, we know the talent has always been there. D.D. Westbrook at 28%. He's had a huge target share, and he gets Houston and San Francisco in weeks 15 and 16. Marquise Goodwin, 32% owned. He's got wide receiver two, wide receiver three upside as the number one guy with Jimmy Garoppolo playing well. Uh, they also have a nice matchup uh, coming up uh, at Houston and then Tennessee. Will Fuller, 48% uh, with those ribs. Uh, if he comes back, uh, especially if Bruce Ellington's out, uh, he could see a ton of targets. And then Trent Taylor, we mentioned briefly, 0% owned. Uh, it's been a really small sample size thus far with Jimmy Garoppolo, but they seem to have a connection, and he could be a sneaky PPR guy rest of the season. Josh Doxson, we've talked about a lot, 47% owned. Uh, he's had three straight games now of double-digit fantasy points. He doesn't have great matchups coming up soon, but he's an okay flex option depending on what your wide receiver situation is. And then finally, Zay Jones, 19%. He's probably going to be that number one guy for Buffalo with Kelvin Benjamin out. And he's got some great matchups, uh, as we mentioned, with Tyrod Taylor. And he's got upside, assuming that Taylor is healthy. We've said it, we've said it three times already, but I want to re repeat. Add Cameron Brait, sitting at 55%. He is a PPR tight end one. Another two touchdowns last week. Jameis Winston's back. He's basically the main guy that Jameis Winston can hit. He's a gigantic target. Yeah, I mean, Jameis Winston loves him. Uh, yep. All right, well, uh, hopefully, uh, if you're listening to this show, you've made it into the fantasy playoffs. Um, 
you know, crazy things can happen. So even if you're the fifth or sixth or, you know, one of the bottom seeds in your playoffs, uh, anything can happen as long as you're in. So good luck to you this week. And as we mentioned, when we were talking about tough, uh, tough lineup decisions with Mike Evans and the like, uh, if you've got any, you know, specific lineup questions, waiver questions, uh, you can always tweet at us. We're happy to try and help you out here. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. You can also stuff Super Producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan. And as always, we're available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device, please subscribe. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have you back, Los. And uh, once again, good luck to all of you out there uh, if you've made the playoffs. And as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.